0: Larry Ogunjobi might not be the answer, but he sure does bring a lot of questions. Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Damon Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. Comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates where you found this. Stefan Tuits' spot on the defensive line appears to have been replaced. We don't yet have a dollar figure as of very early this morning, but Joby did sign a one-year contract with the Steelers. He was at the South Side yesterday for a physical, for an interview, and he didn't leave without putting pen to paper. So he's in, and if you look back at what seemed to have gotten done with the Bears earlier this offseason, you're going to get the idea that he's probably going to make a pretty good chunk of change. He originally agreed to terms with Chicago, and that's the operative phrase here, on a three-year deal worth $40 million, but then he failed his physical for the same reason he was unable to play for the Bengals late in their Super Bowl run. And that's because he had a foot injury, a Lisfranc Frank injuries, what it's called, that required surgery. It apparently wasn't recovered to the Bears' satisfaction, and no contract was actually executed. The Steelers contract, I can't stress this strongly enough, was announced by the team as signed, and there was an accompanying photo of him from inside the Rooney complex signing the piece of paper. So you don't have to wonder whether or not he passed the physical or whether or not the Steelers think he's healthy. However much money they committed to Ogunjobi here, it's going to have been with the okay of the medical staff. My guess is that the figure is going to be somewhere between what Ogunjobi was going to get from the Bears, albeit for 1 year rather than 3 and what he received from the Bengals last season which was 6.2 million. So I could see it being something around 7 or 8, but you know what we're going to find out soon enough. What matters is that the Steelers have shored up their defensive line by getting that dynamic presence that they were going to lack without to it my belief is that even a healthy Ogunjobi wouldn't have been as good as it was in 2020. But you know what else? And I've been saying this for a while now. We don't know that it was going to be that good. There's something about being away from football for an extended period that kind of messes you up. Not just in terms of uh, rehab or recovery but just returning to the game after having been away from the grind for a while. Ogon Joby is a good, good NFL down lineman. He had seven sacks last season for Cincinnati. He was a good run stopper for the Bengals, did all the little things, comes with a bit of an edge as Mason Rudolph can attest. And by the way, let's not make anything out of that. Uh, new teammates, Resolve old differences all the time at all levels of sports. Not a big deal. Just a good, good addition. Better than what I had thought Omar Khan was going to be able to come up with. This portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by Point Park University. Choose from nearly 100 career focused programs leading to bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees. Choose when and how you'd prefer to do that studying whether it's at Point Park's gorgeous downtown Pittsburgh campus, whether it's online, maybe a flexible hybrid format would work best for you. Find out more about all of this at pointpark.edu. Now, what's this mean for the structure of the defensive line? The obvious resolution here is Cam Hayward, Tyson Alulu and Larry Ogunjobi. And then from there, you work in other guys, notably Montravius Adams, to make sure that Tyson in particular doesn't wear down at age 35 and coming off the major ankle injury. And you utilize Isaiah Loudermilk, uh, DeMarvin Leal, other guys as needed, not only to spell the other starters, but also maybe situationally. You know, we've talked... A lot about this on the program, but Loudermilk is the guy who comes with the reputation of being a run stopper, and he showed that at times in his rookie season. Not consistently, but at times. Leal comes with the opposite reputation. He's the pass rusher who needs to be taught how to shed his blocks, to pick up lanes, to make sure that he's sealing the run. That can now be a project that you kind of set off to the side. But did you notice how many names... I just mentioned, and I didn't even throw in Chris Wormley yet, Wormley had seven sacks last season, same number as Ogunjobi, and yes, Wormley was twice as good against his old Baltimore mates as he was against anybody else for whatever reason, but he was still a decent player. He is not and should not have been and should not be a starter. I say that semi-respectfully. I liked him in spurts. But I thought, especially going back to that game in Minneapolis, that he was occasionally exposed. So you're looking at seven defensive linemen now, and there's others that I haven't thrown in yet either. It's now a deeper group, it's a group that's got some youth to it even though it's not necessarily super exciting youth i think leal can become that but he's not going to be that in year 1 and you've got maybe this should jump to the top of the list here and maybe it should have been at the top of pretty much every list other than quarterback for the steelers heading into this offseason you've got a group now that was absolutely awful at stopping the run, and really absolutely awful at everything, not entirely their own fault, when you lose to it, when you lose aoluolulu early on, and you just leave cam out there basically by himself, that's going to happen. but it did happen, and it did need to be addressed, so good on everyone associated with the Steelers for recognizing this player for doing we hope due diligence medically and ideally ensuring that what was just an awful shortcoming of this football team can now maybe even be a strength. But I'm not ending this one on a happy note. That Liz Frank injury, if you talk to athletes who've had it at any level of any sport, it is a... I'm trying to find a clean word for it, but there isn't one. It's annoying. It lingers. It can be challenging to solve. Players' careers have been ended by this Liz Frank injury. It'll be interesting and telling to see what kind of usage Ogunjobi gets when the team gets to Latrobe. That's where we're going to have a much better idea of what he can contribute in 2022. When we come back, J1Q. This portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by our friends at Mike's Beer Bar. They're located directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. They are The one, the only, the premier destination in Pittsburgh for craft beer. More than 500 craft beers available, more than 350 of those local, and more than 80 of those on tap. Mike's can't be topped, not for beer, not for the awesome kitchen and menu that's available, and not for all the special events that are going on there. Check them out online at mikesbeerbar.com. Mike's Beer Bar, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. And today's J1Q comes from Anthony Thornton, who asks, it boggles me why we never talk about Montravius Adams. I believe that he'll be legit if given a full year. Anthony, I'm I'm almost with you. On this, I'm almost in that space where I could say that what we saw from Adams in the month and a half that he was with the Steelers and made a solid impression could be real. I'm even willing to overlook the fact that he was cut three times by two different teams in the couple of months before the Steelers picked him up in pure desperation after that Minneapolis game that I just referenced. Adams might have looked way better than what our eyes would normally be telling us based solely on what and who he was replacing, because that's how horrific the Steelers were against the Vikings. That said, let's remember that it was Montravius who was signed at the very, very beginning, not just a free agency, but of the free agency tampering period. The Steelers were all over this player, and they wrapped him up for two years at $5 million, And that's not nothing for a guy who'd just been cut three times. Do you hear what I'm saying here? They recognized it. They saw something. On film, on the field, in his character. And they made a commitment to him right away. They didn't let him go to the open market to test his value the way they did, even with a starting safety like Terrell Edmonds. They wanted Adams to stay. So I wouldn't rule out a significant role for Adams, particularly if, and this also. Is something to consider, although it's not pleasant, that Alulu doesn't come back as his best self. I don't want to keep hanging his age on him here since I've already mentioned it once, but 35 is 35. And that's up there for someone at his position. And he, as I just referenced, and with Tuit will be coming back from something of a layoff. Maybe it'll take some time. Maybe it won't. Maybe he'll just be the same 94 that we came to expect before his injury. But if he isn't, and even if it looks like maybe he's slowing down some, you're going to see a lot of Adams on the field. I don't believe that this was a signing made because the team was just nervous. I believe that they like this player and let's remember that in his 171 snaps that he made for the Steelers last season, that he had three quarterback hits. That's a really, really good rate of getting to the backfield out of a 3-4 defense. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening The Daily Shot of Steelers. will do another one of these tomorrow.